All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. This is Doom Guy here, and we're talking today about Doom Annihilation. My name is Doom Guy, also known as Dan, and this is my co-host... Andrew? Andrew doesn't have a funny voice for today, that's okay. I don't know why Doom Guy has a southern twine in my little voice right there. Because like I don't know what Doom Guy's never really had a voice, but if he did, that would be assuming that I I'd assume that's what he sound likes. You, you um, just call him Doom Guy. Are you talking about the main character? Yes, the main character. His name it's, is Doom Guy. But they call like isn't he like called like the Doom Knight or something? Or like no, the, the Doom, Doom Slayer in the new guy. Doom Slayer, he's always yeah, known Doom as Slayer. Doom Guy. Like he's the OG Doom Guy. Oh okay. Well you know whatever whatever. Doom has a very rich lore, man. All right? John Carmack totally didn't say, you know, a uh, story in a video game is like a story in a porn. No one gives a shit about it. No, no. It's, you got to pick up all that lore pieces about that Doom in between your demon slain. But, yeah. So, anyway, uh, I am Dan, and this is my co-host, Andrew. And thank you so much for listening to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. This is a podcast where we watch horror movies and we discuss it. We met over teaching in South Korea, talking about our love for horror movies. And now we decide to talk about it. So, Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Sweet. No iPad-related issues on your end that you are aware of? Oh, you know, aside from the fact that it won't turn on, so I can't read my notes, no, there's none. Yeah. No, I heard about that. The ghost of Steve Jobs is literally haunting you right now. Yeah, he's, he's being yeah. an asshole. That's right. So let's talk Doom, I guess. We can kind of segue into that one right now, because we're both video game players. We've both played our fair share of games. Um, do you have any sort of history of with Doom? So, like, you know, I've I, I played like, some of the... You know, I've played, like, ROMs and stuff of the old original Doom. Um, and I play, like, games like Chex Quest, which is basically a reskin of Doom, but mm-hmm. based on that uh, Chex serial. Yep. Um, which was a great game when I was a kid. I kind of want to find that game and play it again, because it was amazing. Did you ever um, um, hear of Super Noah's Ark on the Super Nintendo? No. Is it is is it like Doom? So basically what happened is there was this company called, I think it was Wisdom Tree, um, and they made Bible educational religious games. And they pitched an idea to um, Nintendo to make a game created on Noah's Ark. And Nintendo said no. So they said, fuck you, we're going to make a game anyway. The problem was you needed permission from Nintendo to release a game on the system. So they produced an unauthorized game with an unauthorized card to put on the Super Nintendo. But they needed a game engine. And what they did is because Doom was so popular at the time, they decided to approach... Uh, ID Software, the guys who created Doom, and John Romero thought to himself, it would be fucking hilarious if we had a Bible game based on Noah's Ark in our engine. So yeah, you can license the engine from us. And they did. And it's called Super Noah's Ark, and it's on the Super Nintendo. Is it fun? It sounds awesome. Uh, I mean, it's Doom, except instead of killing demons, you are killing goats with a slingshot and knocking them out to put them on the boat. And that's pretty much it. You have to like, drag them back. No, they just kind of fall, and that's it. Oh. Yeah, it's... but yeah, actually, I don't know if it was the Doom engine. I think it was the Wolfenstein 3D engine. You lied to me. Anyway, well, but this is Wolfenstein company. 3D Annihilation. What is this? 
What? We're not, we're not reviewing Wolfenstein 3D Annihilation. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So, yeah, I um, played Doom a little bit as a kid. I remember waiting 50 minutes for it to download on AOL dial-up when it was made free for shareware. Um, and, you know, it, it cost a huge amount of money, but it was amazing and it was wonderful and I absolutely loved it. It is a very, very interesting game if you take a look at the history behind it. Very influential game. There is a book titled Masters of Doom, and I can't remember the author, so I'm going to write that up right now. Uh, da, 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 da. Masters of Doom, written by David Kushner. And it basically follows John Karamak, uh, the lead programmer, and John Romero, the lead level designer, in how they formed ID Software, how they created Commander Keen, how they created Wolfenstein, and how they created Doom, Quake, and it is a saga. It is such a saga. And as someone who keeps his pulse on the video game industry very, very closely, it's you know, these two guys, it cannot be overstated how much they contributed to the actual video game scene. But we're not talking about that today. Oh, we're not? We are not. We are talking about Doom Annihilation, the 2019 direct-to-Netflix movie loosely based on the 2015, I think it was, 2015 remake of the original Doom, which everyone thought was going to suck, but ended up coming out, and it was just like, hey, this is actually a pretty good movie, or this is a pretty good game. That game is awesome. Yeah, that game was phenomenal. And new one's coming out soon, right? Yes, uh, Doom Eternal is coming out sometime this spring, unless it got delayed again, which, after all the delays that's been going on in the video game world right now, could be. Um... That's that. I think Final Fantasy VII got delayed again. Yeah, that's like later April, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that, it happens. It ha- you don't I've care lost, about like, that? All, I've lost all steam on that. I don't care. What? I, I, like, I keep caring about it, and then I keep not caring about it. It's like Kingdom Hearts 3, and that game finally came out, dude. I did not yeah, even finish it. I, like, yeah. I got to the Elsa land and stopped, and I was like, I'm done. So, um, they kept the cloud cross-dressing scene in. Oh, the, the Walmart scene? the news trailer. Is your interest peaked again? Like, you know, that, that was probably the hottest part of the game, but, like... <laughs> you know. They're keeping all the weird shit in. I love it. I love it. But they have, uh, but they have to do the battle system, though, right? It's going to play more kind of like Kingdom Hearts, where you're following over-shoulder, kind of? Yes and no. If you do want to play it turn-based, they do have an option in there, so you basically just go back and forth between player plays. Basically, it's going to be, and we're completely going off topic here, but that's okay, um, you are going to have a be auto attack um the entire time as you're wandering around and then your atb bar is going to fill on up and when your atb bar fills on up then you can use like magic or you can summon or you can go through a bunch of things so it's kind of a mix between both oh weird okay yeah but yeah that's how it goes it, it's basically I, I guess there's a very very simplified way to say it it is like the original battle system except now you can move your around your character around the battlefield to move out of attacks and stuff and you can also, um, but, but, but there's also the auto attack too. So, yeah. Yep. Cool. But anyway, that's that. So in 2005, I think it was, um, when we had another video game movie based on the original Doom starring The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and some other dude whose name I can't remember. Carl Urban. Who's actually the main character. Was it Carl, Carl Urban? Urban? Yeah. With Carl Urban? Because, no, I know Carl Urban. It was another guy, right? No, it was Carl Urban. Was it? And the, he was the main character? Judge Dredd? Yeah. No, not Carl Urban. It was Carl Urban. Look at you. I, did, I didn't know who Carl and, Urban was at and that the, time the main, the main female lead, who is she? She was... Um... Uh, Rosamund Pike. She was the yeah. gone girl. girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that'd be a pretty impressive cast, kind of. Like, I don't yeah. know if Carl Urban was really popular at that point. I think I only knew him from Lord of the Rings at that point. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, it came out in 2005, and it was based on, just kind of loosely based on Doom 3, yeah. and complete office bomb, box office bomb, but what they did is they had that one scene where everything was first person, and I feel like that redeemed the entire movie, because that oh, yeah. was ridiculous. I loved that so much. That was all we, that's all we ever watched it for. Yep. But anyway, after that, um, they decided to go on back to kind of run on the coattails of the other Doom game that most recently came out, and they called it Doom Annihilation, and that went straight to Netflix. And I had no idea this movie was a thing until you brought it on up. So, Andrew, why did you choose this movie? Uh, I saw it was on Netflix. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it was on Netflix, and I'm like, well, that, that, that can't be a good sign. Like, they obviously just made it to keep the rights to the property. So, like, you know. I, I, it, was, it was definitely worth watching. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm sure it is... I mean, it is a pretty low-budget movie overall, so I'm thinking maybe they were just like, yeah, let's just slap some crap on there, and then hopefully Netflix will pay us enough money for that. Well, I think it was released... I think Netflix acquired it, but I think it was originally, like, it was released in a couple of theaters, and it was, like, a pay-per-view kind of movie. And then Netflix was like... Or they maybe realize weren't making any money. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's a Cloverfield paradox sort of situation where they realize it was going to bomb in the box office. So Netflix swooped on in and said, "Hey, we'll take care of that." Yeah, so. I, I think it was. I don't think it was ever really designed for a wide release. I think, I think it was just them trying to keep rights to it. Uh huh. Um, but it does sound like the the director who made it was talking about doing sequels, which I began for. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So the director he hit is Tony Gigolo. And he has directed Soccer Dog, the movie, In Enemy Hands, Timber Falls, Extraction, and then SWAT, Under Siege, as well. He was the writer for not only Death Race 2, but Death Race 3, Inferno, and Death Race Beyond Anarchy. And he also wrote the screenplay for this. And he also wrote the screenplay for this as well. So this is Doom Annihilation. It is loosely based on the 2015 game as well, and that's how that goes. So you ready to dive into it and start talking about it? Yeah, totally. Okay, sounds good. So we have our little opening scene right here, and just um, just as a little background knowledge, the Doom series um, stars the Doom Slayer, and he goes to Mars, and demons have invaded through a portal, and he kicks these demons' ass. So much so that the demons are just absolutely terrified of him. Yep. And that's pretty much it. That's yeah. pretty much how it goes. Rip and tear, kill those demons. So we have our little opening scene right here, and how does this movie kick us off? So I actually really like this, because like, basically we get this kind of um, a cut interlude between the, um, the credits and the scene of these two doctors, one on the moon Phobos um, on, outside of Mars and one on Earth, and they're testing out these teleporters they have. They're kind of these, like, black discs with these red runes scratched on them and when they turn them on this CG goop kind of connects the two discs together and they send a uh, volunteer scientist kind of through it um, mm-hmm. with the goal of kind of teleporting them from Earth to Phobos mm-hmm. yeah and, and that's how that goes and you know of course the scientists you know when will they learn that science can go too far like what, what I'm wondering here is like you know like so we we, we you know, they, they, we assume that these things are some technology that they found. Like, how do they know that these are teleporters of all things? That's, that's kind of my question. Like, who found these things and was like, 
put something through and see the count the other side it's the other one we found on mars like okay so when i first started watching this movie i assumed they were doing some sort of testing like they put an object or they put a monkey or something in there and then it came out the other side because when we start this movie they go straight up to testing humans yeah. going back and forth but as we find out in the climax of the movie there is a little bit of time and there is kind of like a sub dimension that they travel on through before they get on to the other side I can't remember. In the original Doom games, was it teleportation that, that triggered this? Um, in the newest of the new Doom games, Doom, the 2015 remake, um, yeah, they are opening up teleporters to the Hell Dimension as an attempt to solve the global energy crisis. They're trying to literally like gain energy from Hell and uh, siphon that off. Oh, okay. So, in but- the Original, not really. Um, they just said it was a research base, and then somehow a portal to hell opened them up. Yeah, but the third game did teleportation, didn't it? I never played the third game. No, I played the third. I think I think that they followed that. I think that's kind of where they developed that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, but yeah. okay. Anyway, that was that was something I was kind of wondered about. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you know what this reminds me of? Did you ever watch um, X Men uh, X Men Evolution? Uh, no, I did not. What's There's going a, on there? The Fox series. Basically, they reveal that Nightcrawler, when he teleports, he briefly goes into a hell dimension. Uh-huh. So he, like, when he when he poofs, he poofs into the hell dimension out. But, like, mm-hmm. So they just get an episode where they, like, slow it down. So he poofs, and he's in the hell dimension for a longer period of time. And that's where, like, um, Azazel, or whatever his name is, like, the the other, the other you know, the demon part of Nightcrawler's DNA species is. Mm. I like that. That's pretty cool. Or Azrael, is his name? I can't remember. Anyway. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, anyway, these scientists are kind of just wandering around, and they are doing this experiment to try and um, teleport a human subject for from Nevada over to Phobos. And this is something that kind of, like, threw me off as well. A couple of the people called it Phobos, and then Did some they? other people called it Phobos, and then they kept switching back and forth between the two the entire movie, and I was just like, come on, come on, come on, it's Phobos, it's Phobos. But yeah, they call it Phobos, and it really oh, annoyed me. I didn't realize that. Oh, yep. what, what, is it like a British accent or something? Is that what's throwing us off? Possibly. Because our main accent. bad guy, you know, of course, has a British accent because well, all British people are evil. You yeah. know, it's okay. I have British friends. I can say that. So. <laughs> um, how to Thomas probably pissed. Um, yeah, Tom anyway. would be so pissed. It's okay. We don't do a podcast with him anymore. Oh, what? You stopped? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, we have three different people. So those listeners right there, I have another podcast called Matt and His White Friends Talk About Video Games because I am literally only, um, I am a friend with a uh, guy named Matt and Tom when we talk video games. And yeah, I mean, Matt lives in Korea, Tom lives in England, so it's hard to get all the time zones together. So we still sit, we still talk about it and stuff like that, but no, it's on hiatus, oh, which makes this one all the more special. Anyway, oh. continue. Anyway, so yeah, so... um. So the, we, we see a doctor, they, they send this uh, other doctor kind of through the portal, and he comes out the other side, and his fingers are all black and gnarly, and he has like, blood coming out of his eyes, and it's this big dramatic reveal, and we get cut to our uh, title screen, Doom Annihilation. And I thought that was really effective. I thought like for a movie like this, I was actually surprised at how well-directed that was. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that it, made, it didn't seem as shitty sci-fi movie as it would. I yeah, mean, that is well and then don't get me wrong, like, the set direction and the acting and everything, I mean, it's definitely a cheap movie. It's definitely, they were very, very low budget, and even the makeup effects, like, oh, yeah, there are really good. only three types of demons in this entire movie, and one of them is just people 
with makeup on that look like zombies. Yeah. Like, half of the movie is just zombie people. I remember I was sitting down, I was watching with this, my girlfriend, and I was just like, when are the demons gonna get here? I don't want to watch zombies, I want to watch demons. Yeah. But yeah. So, we get our title screen, and then we're introduced to our main character, Lieutenant Joan Dark, which I am assuming is a reference to Joanna Dark of the Perfect Dark on Nintendo 64 fame. Um, because... Are, are, are you serious? Yeah. Dude. I'm assuming so. It's Doom, religious religious things. It's John, John Dark? John of Arc? Oh, yeah, no, the... The uh, creators or the script writers, they definitely had a lot of fun with it because there's a ton of name references all over the place. Um, oh, yeah, but it's definitely Joan of Arc they're referencing. Oh, really? Yeah, jo- John Dark was her was her name. Uh, it was like her, her male... And then Joan of Dark. John Dark, Joan of Arc. Okay. Jean Dark. Jean. Joan of Arc. Jean Dark. Jean Dark. Jean Dark. So you're saying it's not based on Joanna Dark from... Uh, Joanna Dark is probably referencing Joan of Arc also. So they're referencing the same thing. That makes sense. Yeah, but it's given yeah. this is a religious movie, and it starts off with her holding a cross, and she's going around like... Oh, yeah. Now, this is... <laughs> so we get all of Joan's character development within the first 10 seconds after the um, credits start to roll. We start off with a little flashback where young Joan is sitting around her mother's hospital bed, and her mother's dying of cancer or some damn disease, and then she's just like, believe Joan, and then hands her a cross... And then we cut to Joan emerging out of cryosleep in a space, tra- in a spaceship traveling to Phobos slash Phobos, and she has the thin lieutenant marked on her thing on her little cryopod. She wakes on up, and then we know everything there is to know about her character. Yeah, and she basically I love it too because she basically wakes up in aliens. There's like, oh yeah, this movie, this is aliens. And you're like, all right, yeah. all right, cool, cool, cool. Joan Dark, lieutenant. So, um, she wakes on up, and then we meet that there is an AI construct called Daisy, who is, and then just another little Easter egg right here, this is the pet rabbit of the Doom guy slash Doom Slayer in the original Doom. Oh, really? Rabbit I didn't know that. And that was, that was the reference right there. That's awesome. So, we, we meet our pilot, and honestly, like, this movie, I didn't remember it anybody's name. So I'm just going to call them by their character trait. So we okay. have pilots. Uh, we have drinking pilots. And he is has a flask on him at all points of any time during the entire uh, shift. And he is just kind of wandering around, going on the PA, waking all the Marines and the one scientist up as they go on to their journey to Phobos. He also makes a really weird joke about stealing underwear. Yeah. Yeah. And That's I'm just like, all right. I get what's going on right there. And then we kind of have our little aliens um, around the breakfast table scene here on the spaceship where we're introduced to the rest of our characters. And once again, they're just kind of there, one note, that's it. So how does that correspond? What what happens there? I don't, I don't think we really learned too much about them. Like, uh, I, think, I feel like we basically just learned that they're going to Phobos, they're going to, I think, are they just dropping off Dr. Bennett? Is that all they're doing? I can't remember what they're doing there. Um, there's two different ones. So they're dropping off Dr. Bennett. Dr. Bennett is scientist character. And, and jo- Joan's past fling, I think? Yes, past lover. And, and they have a little for, bit of history on there. For me, honestly, I thought he was going to become a villain. I kept waiting for the turn. 
Yeah. He seems, I feel like he seems like that sign, you know, he seems like the Burke character from um, Aliens. Like, oh, yeah. He uh-huh. starts out as a friend, but then you learn he's just there for the company. Yeah. No, I, I kind of got a, um, uh, what's his name? Um, the bad guy in Predator. In Predator? There's no, no bad Predators. Guy in Predator. Predators. Predators. Oh, Topher Grace? Topher Grace, that's the one. Yep. He kind of felt like a Topher Grace sort of character. I see. We were just like an about face going on it there. Uh, but yeah, we are introduced to our characters, and we have Joan Dark, who's our main character. She's our main Marine. Oh yeah, and the Marines are going down there to protect um, the technology being developed on Phobos. Mm-hmm. Sometimes some people, uh, and the scientists, like apparently being assigned to Phobos is a huge deal. It's like winning the lottery for a scientist. And for the Marines, Joan Dark says, funny, for Marines it's the absolute worst shit assignment we could ever get. So no one wants to go to Phobos in terms of a Marine, but they're there to protect whatever it is because a lot of people could go on in and steal that technology and use it on the black market, according to our main character right here. Well, I think we also learned that Joan uh, was disgraced. So, like, I think she, like, I can't remember if she, like, killed somebody on our team or something or refused to do something, but basically, like, everybody on our team hates her. Like, they, oh, yeah. They, they blame no. her for this assignment, essentially. Yes. Yes, they do talk about that. We don't hear what it is just yet, but yes, there is a um, there is a little of animosity between all of these people. In fact, when she comes on into the room, all the Marines stand on up and go, hey, uh, yeah, we have a mission briefing. See you later. And we're left with Joan and our scientist character just eating breakfast together. And there's this really, really wonderful scene where Joan goes, yeah, we dated for like, what, six weeks? And then the scientist is like, actually, it was for like four months. And then you can see him slowly die inside. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's already forgotten. Yeah. Sad. I know that life. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, poor scientist character. We've all been there. So then we come back to our scientist character. Um, and Wait, which scientist character? Dr. Brueger, the evil scientist character. And we see the guy who stepped through the teleporter at the very beginning of the film, who is currently in a padded room in a straitjacket, and he has gone completely insane. He's talking to head scientist, evil scientist is talking to head scientist in Nevada and saying, yeah, we're going to keep on going, we're going to keep on testing out this teleporter thing that's obviously not evil at all. And the Nevada scientist says, I don't think the higher-ups are going to be happy about that. And evil scientist says, you let me worry about those higher-ups. All right? I have a lot of latitude with those scientist dudes, and what they don't know won't hurt them. Easier to ask for forgiveness than permission, that sort of thing. Yeah. And then Nevada scientist says, you know what? You can go ahead and do that, okay? But you're not going to find another willing test subject after the shit that happened to your last guy. And evil scientist goes, oh, don't worry. I'll go through myself. And that was that. I love the cliche of that. I feel like it's in like every movie. Oh, yeah. It's like Spider- how Spider-Man 1 started off. Yeah, you know? And, you know, I this movie is set in the future. I literally think they could have used that movie as like a template for how evil science is not good. Or, you know, throw, especially throw some rabbit in there. Yeah. <laughs> throw something else that's not human in there and see if that helps out. Exactly. No, I assume that's what they did. I assume like they sent like a recording device through there or something, and then they sent like a monkey or a rabbit or. Where are the demon rabbits then? Where Where are they? I want to see demon rabbits. Dude, what if this movie is just demon rabbits? What if What if this Doom was just all like demon animals? So basically, it's the same as Monty Python and the Holy Grail cranked up to eleven. I love it. Like Ned of the Lepus, but like a, a modern one. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. I mean, that is one thing, just if we're talking about criticism about this movie that I felt. I mean, I get it was low budget and everything, but I just, 
I did not like the enemy designs at all. I did not like the demon designs at all, except yeah, for maybe the, our final draw, demon. Right? I don't know. It, it was just like, it was, you know, obviously practical effects the whole time, and it was a very low-budget movie, but it just, it looked very rubbery, it looked very fake. Yeah. And I think a big part of it was, is the lighting in this movie is not very good at all. Yeah. Like, lighting in Doom, I mean, going back to the original Doom, that was one of the big things of the Doom engine is because it could do room-by-room-based lighting, which was a huge deal at the time. Yeah. And there were so many rooms you would walk into and you would hear the demons, you know, kind of gnarling at you when you would take your tame chainsaw and just, like, blindly flail at the uh, place. But, I don't know, there was a lot of just, like, dead, straight-on, lukewarm lighting, and it made the imps look a lot worse. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, like, I, I give this movie credit because I think with the budget it had, I think it did a really good job. I mean, the set design's all right. Um, I think my girlfriend actually commented on that when she was just like, yeah, the set design's pretty pretty. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty much the same art direction as the game, except a cheaper version of it. But yeah. they tried this. I don't know. What is the budget on this movie? Let's see. Production. Do, 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 do. The company declined due to the film not being on site and due to the financial disappointment of the 2005 so they had to pitch it twice. Oh. Gotcha. Oh, and it does say right here on the production, Joan was named after Joan of Dark. Or Joan of Arc. Oh, was she? Okay, good. I, yes. I thought that was like, really heavy-handed when I saw it. When I heard her name, I was like, okay. Yeah, no, I just assumed, like, video games is taking inspiration from another famous first-person shooter, that sort of thing. It's all right, it's all right. We know that you're a heathen, you know? Yes. Because you know that you're, your soul's hey. going to hell, and you'll be in doom. Hey, so. I grew up Catholic, all right? And you want to know why I'm not Catholic anymore? Why? Because I grew up Catholic. Oh. I, I grew up something. I don't know what. I, 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 we got kicked out of the church. My parents got divorced. So like, I, I don't know what we were, but we were something. You were Wicca. I, that's God what it was. It they were like, get so out of here, sense. you. All right. Anyway, so um, all of the Marines, we are kind of treated to the scene right there where they kind of sit around and talk about the entire um, facility on Phobos and how it all works. And we do get a, like a map-by-map, level-by-level Thing where they say, yeah, main level is a cargo bay. Second level is like the offices and the reactor. Third level is the laboratory. And but that's all of this stuff. Scene. Yeah, with the hive. With the hive, yeah, it, it's very, very similar to that. But there are three levels that is important to remember. There is no fourth level, and they go on through. And then they also say, okay, so why are we here? Well, because this technology is really, really important. A lot of people want to steal it, so we're here to protect it. Um, at one point, too, there's a chick with blue hair, and they make an offhand comment about, like, oh, are we going to tell so-and-so what the cryosleep did to her hair? And then it's never brought up again. Nope. And then she puts on a like, helmet, so you never see it again. I forget. I could not figure out who the fuck she was until at the end. I'm like, oh, it's that girl. <laughs> it's funny, though, because it's just like, who cares? It's the future. They have blue hair. But no, the director was just like, the audience is going to be curious why this woman has blue hair. We need to put that into the plot somehow. And also, what, what aspect of cryosleep changes one's hair color? I don't know. And like, did it, why did it not affect her eyebrows? You are right. Does not I, affect her eyebrows at all. I have questions. Yes. A lot of them. Okay, I think we all know where this conversation thread is going, and I don't want to see if there's a rating beyond adults only on iTunes, so we're going to keep on going with that. I, 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 cool, cool, cool. So, um, yeah, they're all going through. Uh, they talk about how Phobos is a very unstable planet and what the days are like there. They talk about, you know, the Phobos days are a little bit longer than actual Earth days. And then we go on over to the actual lab scene where Evil Scientist is going to go ahead and put himself through the portal. 
we're introduced to good nurse. Her name is Veronica. She's this just real sweet scientist lady who's also a nurse, maybe. Yeah, I'm assuming she's, she's, she's checking his vitals essentially just to make sure he's he's good yeah. to go through the thing. Yeah, and then later on in the movie, like she always checks the people who got her. So I'm assuming she's in some sort of healthcare capacity. Yeah, well, she's wearing scrubs, isn't she? Yeah, she's wearing she's wearing scientist scrubs. She's wearing future scrubs. Okay. But they go on through, and evil scientist is sent on over to um, the other test location, where he goes through the portal. <laughs> and then we get the scene where our main Marine, not our main character, but the leader, the tough, gruff guy leader of this Marine Corps platoon, um, is having his five days away from retirement speech, where he's recording a message to his wife and children and saying, yeah, you know, after I'm done with this assignment, I'll be back home, and then we can live out our days together. This is going to be my last assignment. I only signed up for this because I wanted to make sure these guys could do it right. It was my responsibility, but don't worry, nothing bad's going to happen. And... Yeah, we get that cliche. I love it. Like, I, I think it's so intentional, it's great. Yeah. Now, this movie is definitely very intentional with... It knows it's a bad movie. It knows exactly what it is. Especially with the references to the video game Doom. They just toss them on in there, here and there. Hmm. So, Evil Doctor walks through the portal, and stuff starts exploding, like it's the bridge in a Star Trek movie. And then Good Nurse runs on over to the... Um, Da, 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 the, the medical supply cabinets and then there's a noise and then she screams and we cut to Belak and then the next scene is all of the marines landing on our Phobos. Well, I kind of so, love it too because isn't, isn't that health machine, isn't that like, isn't, isn't that like the health stations in Doom that the machine yes. up to? Yeah, that yes, was great. they are was, the exact design. Like, I really just wanted her to like, hands to like glow green or something. I don't know. Uh-huh. It would have been great. <laughs> Here, eat some chicken I found hidden in a wall. It'll heal you up completely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they all land on Phobos. What happens there? So land on Phobos, and they are not able to hail any communication. So um, Daisy is like, "Yo, guys, I'm sorry. Like, we, we, you know, I can't get in there. Um, we can't have a connection, uh, and the doors aren't opening for us." But what they do realize is that there is actually um, kind of like a what do you call it, a maintenance entrance below the ship mm-hmm. where they can kind of go and hop into. Yeah, right on the deck of the ship, there's a little maintenance hatch. And I love how the main scientist guy discovers it, um, because they're mentioning, you know, oh, is there another way to get in? And main scientist guy goes, yeah, there's a little, you know, hatch on the deck of the ship. And then everyone's like, how the hell do you know that? And he's like, I'm a scientist. I studied everything about this space because I'm a nerd. Which, again, makes me think that he's the evil guy, because he, like, for some reason knows everything about this place that's going crazy. Yeah. Like, he was, I feel like he was red herring. I don't know. Or, like, they just didn't know how to write him. One of the two. One of the two. You know, both are very valid solutions. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So they can't go on down into Phobos. What happens then? Well, they they go down there. It's great. They go down. It's awesome. Um, yeah. Basically, so so they go down there and um, they have to go through this kind of like hatch, and they realize that um, because the power is gone, the like the nuclear reactor, I guess, on um, Phobos that kind of keeps the place alive. The limiters and the safety kind of precautions for it won't last if it runs out of battery, essentially. So it's at, like, I think it's at, like, 3% now or something. It's really Uh oddly low. I don't know why it's so low, Um, given it just went out. Uh, Clearly, they have issues with their batteries. Um, Yeah. Goddamn Phobin engineering. Yeah, it says their reserve power is um, 9%, which is 2 hours, or 2%, which is about 
90 minutes, and but they're like, but it should be like 72 hours. So like, mm-hmm. they fucked up something. Um, yeah. But basically, they go down there and they break into two teams. Um, one team to go from the scientists, and one team to go kind of fix the reactor before shit goes down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what they do. And then we spend about 20 minutes just kind of wandering through all of the different miscellaneous rooms in the entire facility. Um, at this point, I remember pausing and then looking at the time, and I'm like, it's 35 minutes into the movie, and I have not seen a single demon slave yet. What the fuck is going on here? See, um, I, I was actually, I, I was okay with that, actually. I kind of appreciated the slow build, because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like the movie took itself a little bit more seriously, because, yeah, it's about half, it's about 30 minutes in where we find our first body, mm-hmm. where they locate, and they're, like... And did you notice the name on that body that they discover? Nope. William Blaskovitz, the protagonist of the Wolfenstein series. <laughs> And then they also find another body as well, and that body is John Karamek, the lead programmer for the Doom series. So at that point, I just could not stop laughing. It was that's, just like, all right, I get what they're doing here. Oh, that's awesome. Uh-huh. But and they, yeah, also, a lot of... they also find, like, some... Uh, so they find these bodies. They find, uh, I, I guess, these programmers. How could they? Uh, and they also find this, like, Sumerian text that's written in blood on oh, the yeah. walls. Mm-hmm. Which... You know, it looks pretty cool. Um, yeah, and, and, and then and I also else? like how the uh, audience explains, like, who are the Sumerians? Oh, the Sumerians, you know, or the Sumerian is an ancient language by the Mesopotamians who were the very first life here on Earth, you know, over in the cradle in, uh, by the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. And we have, like, this whole mini history lesson because they were just like, yeah, we know most of the audience for this movie is probably not going to know who Mesopotamia is. Well, it has one guy just knows all this. Like, this is this one guy. They, like, look it up. This one guy. And it's not like... You know, they could have had Daisy explain. They could have had, like, yeah. you know, not a person who randomly knows all the shit about Sumerian text. Um, Listen, that's his one defining character trait. That, that is true. But he, he is... Sorry? He is Mesopotamian. Uh, but he, he is descended from Mesopotamia. Well, that, we, also, us. we also get introduced to our HUD here. So, um, we, uh, uh... We start... They basically, kind of like the first game, you know, or the first movie, they realized how much we loved the first-person scenes... So they mm-hmm. introduce the heads-up display in this that they use, um, which we can kind of see through their perspective, which comes up a couple times. Um, and they use that that HUD, which Daisy has access to, to scan the Sumerian and translate it, mm-hmm. um, which fucks up Daisy as well. Yeah. So I'm going to pause here for a second, and I'm going to talk about... This movie seemed very early 2000s, late 90s in terms of how it approached a video game movie. Like, when the original first batch of video game movies were coming on out, um, like the original Doom, like, uh, not Silent Hill, Silent Hill did a little bit, but Resident Evil and stuff like that, there were a lot of elements of just people didn't know what to do, so they were just like, okay, we're going to take some random shit from this game and we're going to toss it in the movie, and it may work in this medium, it may not, but damn it, we want our fans to say, hey, I know that one, or hey, I understand that reference. Um, and this is kind of what I was getting a lot from this movie, too, because there's a lot of just little drops here and there. Like, at one point, our main character gets a chainsaw, and she just starts chainsawing through everyone. Um, there's another part, you know, we have our John Carmack and uh, William Blaskovitz references as well. The imps obviously fire the fireballs. It's, uh... Yeah, it, it was just very late '90s, early 2000s, and that idea. Yeah, like, but I, I, I don't know. I almost kind of appreciate it because I feel like the game is rather plotless to a degree. Like, I feel like the games 
don't really oh, yeah. have much going for them in terms of writing a movie. They just have a scenario set up. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea that they're set that they're they're kind of following a scenario here that they they're following that scenario. But I don't think I think making the game would have just been making like hardcore Henry essentially. Which, yes, you know it was a great movie. It was fun. But I I don't know I, I appreciate the restraint they took. Yeah, it's gonna there's gonna be some loss in the medium because it is a different medium and it reflects something different entirely. So. You know, it was always the age-old Reddit argument where people were just like, oh, this game has an amazing story already. You know, all you have to do is just take the story from the game and adapt it into the movie and they'll be making gold. And, I mean, movies are very different than video games. What works in a video game may not necessarily work in the movie. That's why so I'm, I'm so worried about the Uncharted movie is because, yeah, they're fun plots, but the reason why the games are so much fun isn't the plots. It's just because the amazing set pieces and... The set pieces on Uncharted are pretty well done for a video game, but for an actual movie, I don't know if it's going to stand out that much. Yeah, and well, I think too, like, like thinking that that uh, Tomb Raider movie that came out a little while ago that like everyone was super hyped for, but then nobody talked about. It. Yeah, like, yeah, like, which I heard was decent. I never saw it. But, yeah, I never saw it either. Like, uh-huh. like, it's like I remember like being kind of pumped for the idea of it, and like I enjoyed mm-hmm. the games. Like I thought. Uh, Legacy was a great game, like, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's keep going. So, uh, this dude, is, they get into the... I'm going to have to skip ahead on this one right here. Yeah, so they get into the actual facility. They split into their teams. There's a lot of spooky stuff wandering around, trying to find out all these dead bodies. Uh, there's also exploding barrels, and they make a note of that. Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> and they're just like, yep, they know that one. But yeah, eventually um, they do discover some survivors and they kind of come on out and they're just kind of like hiding behind this wall of vines. Like it does not seem like a very secure hiding place at all, but hey, that's fine. Yeah. And then also um, zombies start coming out and start attacking. And they're basically like 28 days later zombies and they just start eating and ripping it in. And, you know, there were like corrupted marines in the video game but they were more I don't know I, I wanted more I thought zombie scientists were a thing weren't they? Da, 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 da. I think, I think they were the, the possessed weren't they? I think so too actually in the 2006 one because they were just marines in the first uh, game the original one but this was obviously based uh, a lot more on the um, da, 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 da. yeah possessed that's what they called them yeah so that was in the 2016 one yeah, yeah, and in, and in Doom 3, which I think they also kind of like to steal a lot from. Yeah, that is true, too. All right, so that is that. They head on over and they do that. And um, zombies come on out and shit hits the fan and about all of our characters die. Um, well, all of yeah, our Marines. A good number of, yeah, a good number of Marines are dying. Yeah. But we discover um, Good Nurse from before and also there's a chaplain as well. Um, and he is still alive and they join up with the Marines. Oh my god, dude! Yeah. The fucking chaplain. I did not realize he was. A, it, I did not realize this guy was a chaplain until like literally like, the last like ten minutes of the movie. I kept calling him black coated guy, and I'm like, I don't know, like, who's this guy? Why is he here? <laughs> I had no. He's idea. He's wearing the priest. He's wearing the uh, collar around his neck. It's, it's is he though? Like, I feel like he's wearing like a black shirt with that happens to have like a white collar underneath it. It's almost like he's wearing like a t-shirt over t-shirt. One of the t-shirts slightly larger than the others, so a little that white is... collar appears, and he's also wearing a black collar. jacket over it. He's got the collar, dude. Yeah. No, but it's not, it's not the traditional collar. It's not like that, like, starchy, like, uptight collar. 
Yeah, it is a very thin collar right there, but I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because my Catholic upbringing, but I got that. And then they also made mention earlier in the movie when they're going over the entire facility and talking about all the places. They're just like, hey, yeah, there's a chaplain there, too. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, anyway. Anyway, yeah. The zombies, anyway. Get, zombies, kill the, zombies start packing. We lose a uh, Sumerian guy. Uh, we lose one of the girls. Um, and Not blue-haired girl. We lose Asian girl. She she's alive. Yeah, we lose Asian uh-huh. girl. Uh, uh, and our one of our guys, um, this kind of cowardly character, I forget what his name is. He like runs away. Um, and they basically, you know, it's kind of weird because they fruitlessly break up. And, like just to kind of fast forward the part of this movie because really nothing happens. They yes, fruitlessly it's break just up. Just a lot of shooting. Uh-huh. Um, zombies chase after them, and uh, they break up. We we our captain does a heroic sacrifice, like you know, takes on some zombies. Does a great job. Yeah. Um, oh no, um, Joan of Arc, uh, Joan Dark or whatever she is. Uh, she does get a chainsaw and she tears through a couple zombies. So we get that. That's true. Yeah, I guess yep. that's helpful. Yep. Um, and then they basically all the zombies except. Uh, all the the soldiers, except for cowardly guy, blue haired girl, um, Bennett, uh, and the nurse, end up dying. Mm-hmm. Essentially, like it's yep. it's it's cool. it's ridiculous. Cause then they just kind of come back together, and like we end up um, cowardly guy ends up finding the doctor, uh, evil doctor, Doctor Berthold or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. and they meet up. Yep. Like I feel like it's it's weird because like literally about let's see, um, it's like an maybe, hour into the movie. Yeah, but yeah, about an hour in the movie, everything, we basically just get to our end. Yeah. And uh, There's we, really we get, no we, middle of this movie. It's just there's a setup, then there's this big action scene where they just end up shooting, mowing down zombies for about ten minutes, and then we're just like, oh, we're already in the climax. Okay. Yeah, it, it's really weird. They basically just thin the herd to now our, our uh-huh. final kind of principal cast. Um, yep. So they meet up, and they're like, all right, we need to get the fuck out of here. And they yep. end up calling, um, calling the, or hailing the... Pilot, and he's like, "All right, you know, let's, let's try to do this." But we okay. pilot now before that, though, evil scientist to... discovers the plan and tells exactly what's been going on there. So, oh, yeah. evil scientist, as they're sitting around in the corridor trying to get back to the ship, um, basically says, "Hey, so um, we are talking about this, and what happened was we discovered these like little artifacts that have been on Earth, and we unearthed it, and then we found another one on Phobos, and we found out somehow that it's a transporter." And then they're also saying that, hey, if this transporter transports between these two different places, then maybe there's another transport out of there, and we can go ahead and use that to transport to other planets that can support life, so we can start colonizing them, because we can't colonize them with regular spaceships right now, because laws of physics and shit like that. Yeah. Yep. So we get the whole point of what the technology is, and why they're researching and discovering it. And this this is all like after our uh, uh, our our heroic sacrifice by our what's his name yes. guy by our uh, yes by uh, by lead captain. marine dude captain dude no, can, I, can I, and like you know what's gonna happen but I kind of like it I like what happened where he was like she's all these zombies whips out his old fashioned shotgun which I think is also a trope that they have some old fashioned gun yes and then he uses the also, new shotgun shoots like shoots the door closed so Joan can't go to save him <laughs> and you're like aw like heroic death and tropes uh-huh. all the tropes. All the tropes, all the time. He was just two days away from retirement. That bastard. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at a picture of the chaplain right now. That is that. That collar's bullshit. <laughs> right I'm sorry. That collar's fucking bullshit. Um, but anyway, so that happens. I'll tell the in, uh, that happens in 
we, we cut back to the ship, and the pilot is basically trying to get um, Daisy to make contact. And he's, uh, the pilot's like, all right, like, you know, we, we can't, we can't just sit here, like, we need, we need to do something, and Daisy keeps going, like, sorry, I can't do that, can't do that, can't do that. Um, he's like, all right, let's go back up to orbit so we can get out of here, and we're gonna heal the call to make Mars that way. Um, and he's like, I can just do this manually, I don't even need you for that, Daisy. And Daisy kind of pulls the how, like, you know, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so Daisy's been corrupted somehow. I, I we also get this... read the Sumerian, right? It got possessed from reading the Sumerian. I guess that, that's what I kind of took it as. I took it as it read the Sumerian because like Daisy also was kind of started saying them in weird directions. Like, um, yeah, it was their GPS and it started being like, oh, let's go this way instead. And they're like, oh, why would we go that way? It seems like we went. Like, yeah, and that was right after the Sumerian text that happened right there. Yeah, we also got this quick little scene too where Chaplin and Joan Dark kind of sit on down and they just have this random conversation about religion. Like, oh, you were religious, Joan? No, my mom took, uh, cancer took my mom, so I didn't feel like, you know, I didn't see much of the point of praying after that, after cancer took my mom. And then it was this whole big thing with the chaplain going, but faith, you have to have faith, even, you know, he's watching you, even in your darkest moments. <laughs> yep. So they get back to the ship. Um, the pilot is trying to talk to Daisy again, and Daisy just completely refuses. She says something anonymous like, you all aren't getting out of here alive. And then there appears to be an imp on the ship. And an imp is one of the uh, enemies from Doom. They kind of wander around, and they can shoot fireballs at you. Um, yeah. John Romero and John Karamak, they did not want a hitscan enemy. They just wanted one that actually fires projectiles. So that's what they did, and they have the imp in there. And like I said, the lighting in this movie is not very good, and it's just very dead-on neutral lighting most of the time. And the imp looks very much like a guy in a rubber suit. But he looks like a great guy in a rubber suit. Aliens, this ain't. Uh, Aliens, Um, we're just guys in rubber suits. What are you talking about? Yeah, but the lighting and the camera angles and everything, it did not feel like it because they did such a good job with the cinematography. And this movie did not. Fair enough, fair enough. Yep. Uh, so more people die. There's this one scene where someone's climbing up a ladder and then his guts spill all over the floor. Um, yeah, this really can be summed up by more people die over and over and over again. Uh, I think British dude dies at this point. There's a fight scene on the bridge of the deck where the imp is fighting Joan Dark. Oh, um, yeah, and then the fight scene when she's fighting the imp, um, the imp attempts to possess her. But then the chaplain comes on out and asks, uh, and basically shoots her or the imp with a shotgun or with a machine gun and then reveals, yeah, I used to be a Marine a long time ago. So, But he's, then he dies, right? He's... Yes, he does die. Okay, that's okay. He does. And then he's just like, you gotta believe, Joan. And Joan's just like, but I don't wanna. My mom took me away with cancer. <laughs> yep. Yep. Anyway, but, where and, are we? This movie and, blends together. And this Go is also, um, so basically, while this is happening, um, our, what would you call them, uh, our scientist and our um, nurse kind of go and hide in this room. Uh-huh. Um, and while they're in there, they're no, talking Evil about, scientist, not good scientist. Yeah, evil scientist, yeah. And they're talking, and... Um, he, she, she's like, you know, like, oh, like, I remember, you know, that, like, when you came out of that portal, like, you weren't normal, right? Like, she's like, she's saying, like, she remembers everything that happened, so, like, it wasn't, 
he he originally came out and said like oh i don't remember what happened i just like i woke up here and she's like uh, I, I thought like you weren't passed out when you came out like i, I remember when you came out you weren't like yeah you crazy. were good you were lucid you were fine yeah. and it's just like i don't remember <gasps> stuff like that bum, bum, bum. something's up with this dude yeah. yep so yeah he's either possessed or he's a demon in disguise or something's going on with this dude but yeah we get this kind of weird thing about that mm-hmm. and then all of the rest of the remaining of the people after they clear off the rest of the imps on the uh ship oh there there's the one shot that i really like where blue-haired chicken british marine they basically tag team an imp together and then the imp falls to the floor and then they just kind of completely wail on it with bullets as it's lying on the floor I was just like, all right, that's that's satisfying. I like that one. Um, And then they all go back to that little breakfast slash dinner table in their mess hall, and they're all kind of sitting around. And at this point, I actually paused the movie, and I was just like, don't they have, like, 20 minutes until the whole base explodes? Well, they can leave, though, right? They're like, we can can get out of here. Um... No, this is the, at this point they realized, oh shit, we can't get out of here because this is also the scene where they start talking about different ways and they say, well, the evil scientists suggest, well, we can jump through the portal. And everyone's just like, no, we're not going to jump through the portal. And then they say, well, um, we have 30 minutes left until the place explodes. And then they're all like, okay, let's jump through the portal. Fair enough. Yes. <laughs> That's how that goes. I don't know. I felt rushed. And I remember I set, uh, I turned on my Google Home and I set a timer for it to see exactly, you know, if this movie holds that up to that. Because I don't know, the sense of time, I felt like they could have said, yeah, this place is going to explode in three hours. And that would have been more believable than the 30 minutes that they had before. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. So when they pull up before all the shit hits the fan in that garden room where most of the characters die, it said it had 39 minutes left. Now, after all those battle scenes, literally about... 30 minutes later into the movie, then it says they have 20 minutes left. Sense of time was all out of whack, man. Well, that annoyed me. Actually, this is, well, no, this the, is my nitpick, and I'm going to die on it. No, because the, the movie... Let me see. Wait, okay. I'm going to check. All right. So, let's see. They get on the ship, and they go into the ship. Oh, God, wait. Wait. I had an idea, and I might be wrong. Wait, okay, they get into the ship. Okay. And they get onto the base. Okay. At... 21 minutes, in, 21 minutes into the movie, and it's have okay. 90 minutes left. Okay. Then they go back down later. I, I don't know why I'm trying to defend this movie. <laughs> I am going to create a flowchart. We're going to have to do that. All right. At a minute, at an hour and eight minutes. Go for it. Um, let's see. We're going to see the screen. I'm, I'm trying to piece my way through this. All right. Show us, show us the little thing. That's not showing me. It's showing me in the preview, but it's not showing me right now. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. This is annoying. Anyway, okay, it says they have 22 minutes left. And yes. the movie ends at 1.30. Wait, see, it blows up. It jumps into the port before it blows, right? Well, no, it doesn't blow up because they fixed the reactor. They don't. They, they, I thought they didn't. Yeah, they fixed the reactor. The guy, the, the circuit board was fried, and then he's just like, hey, I'm just going to fake it and say that it's not going through. That was that big blue light in the basement when the evil little scientist gives his evil speech. Yeah. About, yeah. I, thought they did, I thought they didn't fix it. No, they fixed it. Oh. They fixed well, it, whatever. and that's how they got the portal working back up again. 
Listen, Whatever. man, this is the hill I'm going to die on. The sense of time out of is all out of whack in this movie. But not by much. It annoys it, me. Not by much, though. Like You know what? It's, this is my hill to die on. All right? Because, well, the funny thing is, it's at an hour and ten minutes into the movie, where they say <laughs> there's 20 minutes left. Uh-huh. So had the movie, had the 90-minute countdown start at the beginning of the movie, it would be exactly accurate. But it wasn't 90 minutes. It was, it was like, 30 oh, minutes. No, it was, at, it was at 90 when they when they first left. When they first landed on there? Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. So, like, they're actually not bad. I'm, not, I'm actually impressed. <laughs> I mean, it was, like, the one director, and he was just like, yeah, we got Someone's gonna fact-check this shit. <laughs> someone's gonna fact-check this shit. Later on, there's gonna be two dudes, and they're gonna have a podcast, and they're gonna be super nerdy about it. And yep. we need to change that up. And that's exactly what they did. And, like, they're like, yep, and one of them's not gonna have their notes, so they're gonna be looking for things to talk about. <laughs> I, I got my iPad working, my, my notes still aren't on it. I'm really pissed. I, uh, I took such good notes. That's fine. That's fine. We'll have to redo this. We'll have to remaster this episode later on. So, uh, they eventually find their way down to the reactor. I don't think I'm missing anything. So, just uh, to get roll call at this moment, we have evil scientist, we have good nurse, we have Joan Dark, and we have good scientist, we have blue-haired chick, and then we also have British Marine. His name's Douche. His name's Douche. He set up as our douchebag character the entire time. Which I like Uh, No. He set up as our douche, but he also had this, like, not terrible. Because he, like, hates yeah. Joan. He's one who's like, fuck you, Joan. Like, you, we don't want to be in your fucking team. But, and he's uh, also the one that just runs away constantly, too. Like, there's this one scene where demons are chasing him down a hallway, and Blue Hair Chick is shooting at the demons, and he just goes, nope, and then he just runs away. And yeah. Blue Hair Chick's like, boo, you jerk. Yeah. So. It's great. Yep. So they're in this reactor room, and good scientist kind of sits on down, and he starts looking at it, and it's just like, all right, I think I can repair this. The circuit board's fried. I'm going to just going to fake it so that it thinks the circuit board's installed, and I'm just going to run it through anyway, because who cares for safety regulations, because we're all going to die anyway. And as he's working on it, evil scientist goes into his villain monologue, which is the most out-of-place weirdest villain monologue I have ever heard. Like, there is no... Why now? I mean, I get sense narratively in the movie why the speech would be told at this point, but in terms of what's happening in the scene, the only thing they're doing is just waiting for that reactor to boot on up, so they're just kind of waiting for tech support to get done with it, and still the guy's just like, oh, Joan of Arc, or Joan Dark, I know you. I heard what happened to your formal, you know, units. You let that terrorist get away, and that's why you're so disgraced and why everyone hates you. Why do you do that, Joan? Why did you let them go? And he's just egging her on. Mm. It's weird. I took it. I took it at his, as his kind of like devilish, like like him going to hell and like seeing her sins now, uh-huh. and also trying to sow dissent within the group. So it's like he possessed at this moment, or he's just lost his humanity. Completely? I kind of think he just like sees the sins of people, kind of at this point. So I think I think he is like I think he's like a servant to the hellscape. But I uh-huh. think, and I think so kind part of, of what he's is just, yeah, I, I think he's also kind of just trying to fuck, fuck them up. Because he knows, he can tell that douche guy doesn't like her, and that mm-hmm. it's the anger. So I think he's trying to, he's trying to break them up now so he can kind of make his move and get out. I guess, yeah, I mean, he's definitely fucking with it. Oh yeah, uh, the other thing too, so when they were sitting around on the ship planning their course of action before they head back on in there, Joan of Arc... I'm just going to call her that from now on. Uh, Joan of Arc basically just says, yeah, we're going to go in, we're going to turn on the reactor, we're going to escape through the portal. And then scientist guy says, or good scientist guy says, 
I don't know if that's a good idea. And then Joan, Joan Dark says, oh, don't worry. I'm going to let him think we're act activating the portal. But in reality, excuse me, we're just going to send a distress signal out. So, yeah. Um, well, I thought, I thought he was doing both. Like, I, I assume because he as he's actually fixing it, too. Yeah, no, he actually is fixing the reactor, mm. but they needed to turn the reactor back on to send a distress signal out. Yeah. And that's what Joan of Arc is really doing, but they told the scientist, hey, instead, we're also going to jump through the portal as well, but they had no plans to do that. Okay, okay, okay. It's like a, you know, kind of going back and forth on that one. It was a double cross, because they knew Evil Scientist was weird and evil. Mm. Anyway, Evil Scientist takes a shiv or a knife out of his pocket, stabs a good scientist girl, um and a good nurse girl and then escapes through a door and then locks them all in the reactor room and he's evil 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 um a couple imps come on just out of nowhere and there's this big battle scene blue haired chick dies and british guy dies as well and there's this weird tender scene where good scientist is cradling blue haired chick like they had absolutely no chemistry no relationship before this but yep yeah, well, and you know, we, like, I think we do get we do get a little like Winslow or British guy and stuff. We get and blue haired girl. We get like a couple of good scenes of them before they die, like you know, fighting the good fight. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this is the like, first time like other. any one of the Marines besides our main character has a little bit of personality. So I think Bennett also kills one of them or something, or he tries to. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. we get to see and again. Like, this is where I expect Bennett to betray them as well, but yeah, he doesn't. No, he does not. He's he's good all the way through. Uh, well. Actually, speaking too soon. Um, yeah, so Bennett and our good scientist and the lead lady, Joan Dark, uh, decide to talk to the dying good nurse. And the good nurse tells them, oh, remember how I said earlier in this episode that there were only three levels and only three levels? Well, guess what? There's a secret fourth level. <gasps> fourth level. a key card that looks exactly like the key cards in the game, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I guess that. Yep. And then they decide, okay, so we got to go to the fourth level, but we got to make a stop first. And then they go ahead and they find their weapon. So what happens here, Andrew? Well, actually, before that, I just want to say that that fight scene, yes, with the imps, is actually pretty fucking awesome. Like, there's there's one there's one scene where like I think where she kills the final imp and she like runs and like jumps up in the air and like shoots at it and like runs up it and some like weird Alice like moment from like Resident Evil where she's like, oh yeah, the acrobatic for a second. Uh -huh. um, yeah, but I thought that was good. I thought I thought, I thought like. They did a good job with that. Like, it was... I, I like it because the imps were... I think that they did a good job making the imps, like, credible threats, but also, like, killable. And they, I don't think they ever really... They never really, really power-scaled or anything. They never, like, compromised that idea. Yeah, I mean, they all take, like, several dozen bullets to take down, but they do go down. Yeah, so. and they go down, like, you know, with the like, headshots. Like, they, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but then... Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, anyway... Yeah, so they go, and they find this kind of white-lit room, and they find the uh, BFG-9000, a, you know, a oh, classic ooh. throwback from our uh, Yeah, from our films. now it stands for Bioforce Gun, but everyone calls it the... Big Fucking Gun. Big Fucking Gun. Oh, yeah. Which is, which is a great name, man. Like, good job. Good uh -huh. job. It's a wonderful name. Yeah. Yeah, I had to pause this movie at this point, and now my girlfriend was just like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, okay, now I'm going to explain it to you based on, you know, what happened in Doom, you know, earlier before, so. Yeah, so they get the gun, they get, they get some uh, plasma grenades, um, and it's, it's hilarious, because they, like, immediately walk out of the room with this big gun, and Bennett just gets kidnapped. Like, 
he just like gets jumped, grabbed by the by, by the imp, and just like pulled away. Yeah, which it's to this like, point we've never seen them do before. Uh-huh. Um, and it just know, like door opens up, gets grabbed, door closes. It reminds me <laughs> a lot of like I, I feel like this movie is just like all these like Paul Gus Anderson movies put together because like yeah. it almost reminds me of like an Alien uh, or Alien vs Predator when they like uh-huh. jump across the chasm um, and uh, the Hispanic scientist. Uh, is up there and he's helping Lex and he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to help you get up. And he pulls her up and then as soon as he does, the alien just grabs him from behind and pulls him away. <laughs> You're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's just like the writers are just like, shit, we need to separate these two somehow. How can we do that? Oh, we'll just have an alien grab him. Yeah, okay, like, cool. You're like, all right, didn't kill him. Just, just took him. All right, <laughs> cool. That, that's the first in this in this movie, but uh, I guess that's that's what happens. We'll go uh, for it. Sure. Uh-huh. So uh, so she makes her way, you know, she he gets grabbed. It's funny too because he gets, they open an elevator, he gets grabbed, elevator door closes. She yep. fights zombies behind her, turns back around, elevator door opens again. No blood, no no sign of struggle. Uh, this imp literally, like, kidnapped him and then set the yep. elevator back up for her. <laughs> like, it's, I would have, like, personally, I would have assumed that, like, the place is, like, the elevator is, you know, not an option anymore at that point. But she uh-huh. just, like, waits for it, comes back. And uh, she yep. makes her way down into this bloody hallway covered with zom- or corpses. And yep, you... straight out of Metal Gear Solid after the ninja makes his way through the hallway and everything. There's a corpse just hanging around on the ceiling, just upside down. Which again, like, makes me wonder, like, was, did the imp do that? Was that the zombie <laughs> scientist that did that? Like, what's going on? Like, we haven't seen these imps do anything other than jump at people and throw fireballs. And I, I'm just... How, hold how them up, hold them up. Okay, so just tie his leg up there on one of those rafters. All right, good. Yeah, that's spooky enough. All right, let's go. And then, like, you know, she makes her way through that into then the immaculate... Uh, room with the portals and the scientist uh-huh. who's all bloody and beaten up um being sassy and he's yep. like yo i'm gonna i'm gonna open up this uh this portal it's gonna be great and he starts speaking sumerian and whatnot mm-hmm. um and is this one yeah this, this is when he brings out uh, uh another another imp comes in and then uh what's his name bennett, bennett. comes in good scientist comes on in but he's possessed now mm-hmm. oh no and how did he get possessed um i'm assuming so remember on the bridge when the imp was trying to possess joan dark but the chaplain came on in and shot it before the process could be completed i'm assuming it was something like that then why the fuck did it kill these other scientists how does it because choose because reasons it's more dramatic this way yeah but they, okay, i guess that makes sense that they're, they're, they're stealing their souls and thus possessing them okay yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I so anyway, cool. uh, Joan and Bennett have their little fight scene, and uh, the evil scientist is monologuing in the background, just going back and forth, saying, Marr. and then he also basically implies that when he transported himself into hell, he met with the demons in hell, and he basically is subservient to them at this point. He's saying, you know, they will guide humanity, they will take humanity, because what they know is better than what we're going to do. It's futile to fight against them. Yeah, I think he kind of takes that, that, that again, like stealing from the Elmer's Predator, uh, he kind of takes that idea of history as uh, an alien force is what caused humans to evolve and gave us our technology. So he basically yeah. implies that, that yeah, these, and that's basically what we uh, ancient Sumerian things like used to own, used to be in our dimension, essentially, and used to travel here, and these mm-hmm. were relics left behind by them. And without them, we would not have progressed to the point that we have in society. And they want their their world back, essentially. We never really know how they got exiled, how they were not allowed back uh, to our Mm -hmm. world. But that's, yeah, his goal is to give them a chance to come back and take over again. Yeah, and do what they missed doing in the first part right there. 
But yeah, um, Joan ends up shooting him, and then he falls down to the floor, and then Joan turns around to try and shut down the portal, but then she hears a noise behind her, turns back around. Evil scientist stands up again. Oh, nope, he's like part demon now. And he like tears open his chest. Well, then his shirt, and then he you see all the wounds on his chest, and they just kind of heal immediately. So he's got some sort of demonic powers at this point. And then pushes her into the portal. Bum, bum, bum. And we get our big, big climax of the scene of the movie where Joan climbs out of this little lake and she finds herself in the hell dimension, which um, looks a lot like Death Valley. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. It, it, yeah. It With does. a lot more tentacles. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's weird, too, that like she just wakes up in the middle of this, I don't know, the, the portal goes, sends you to water. Yeah. <laughs> like, it makes me wonder, like, with the scientists previously, and with the uh, the test subject scientists in the game, like, what, what happened to them? Did they, just, did they pop into the same place? Or just like, boop, water. And then, like, somehow found their way back, back to another up. portal? Like, uh-huh. I'm you know, assuming so, yeah. It's I, It brings up some questions, but anyway. It does. It does. So, uh, she's wandering through hell, and in the background, we get to see, like, the imps kind of, like, lurking in the shadows, trying to check her out. And then she sees this little um, opening in this one column right in the middle of the place. Uh, but she's still got her BFG on her, don't worry. And the big boss demon stands on up. And, I mean, the design's kind of cool. It looks like the bad guy from the first Thor movie. With yeah, the, flames the same thing. In the middle of his face and stuff like that. And he's not, um, he's not any, like, I can't remember him from any of the games. He's not like an established character, is he? No, he is not. He's, because, like, he's not he's not the devil. He's not, like... Uh, any of like the big bads he's just like some guy yeah he's just some head demon some arch demon um, but he uh, kind of just talks to her and gloats to her and says hey look at this you are we should have wiped you for an existence when we had the chance you know you humans are the worst and we will get our revenge and then she is kind of down on the ground at this point, um, and she looks into the lake, and she sees the necklace, uh, her cross that her cancerous mother gave her a long time ago, and she was just like, that's right, I'm in my darkest moment, but I can still survive. So she ends up running and shooting a couple demons and kind of carving her way through a path of demons with the big fucking gun. Um, at one point the ground crumbles away and she does this very, very cheesy looking slow-mo leap through it. She got some plasma grenades as well. She got in the same room she got the BFG from and she tosses them at groups of imps. And then she just kind of runs through the portal. And there's a lot of like slow motion cinematic shots here too. What's up? Oh, and they're implying that all these like, these large kind of protrusions from the ground are other portals, right? Yes. Like... It, it, it kind of almost—it's kind of like they're almost like in like the hell version of like that forest from um, Nightmare Before Christmas, where like all these uh-huh. trees lead to different worlds, but it's like different portals going different places. Mm-hmm. But it's weird that she goes through a different way than she came out. I don't know, but I guess I guess she ends up in a different place too. So that's that's convenient for her, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it works out really nicely, and I, I guess like it is the most commonly used portal because it's the most obvious one between the two places. So. Yeah, what if you like, like they're pretty close in proximity in terms of the actual spatial distance, so. So then here's my question. If we sent a rabbit through there and they did do these test trials, how would it get from one portal to the next? That is very like true. Um, I'm assuming an imp would like steal their soul and then just kind of like walk on through. I don't know, maybe imps like rabbits. Actually, no, they don't, because that's the plot of Doom 2. 
Doom guy's rabbit is killed, and he gets pissed about it. But I will say, the imps I thought looked better here, though. They almost look slightly different. I feel like they're all CG, obviously, but I feel like yeah. they look, their heads look different. Aren't they? They're a little more like reddish. They kind of look more like they're more emaciated, which makes sense, you know, given the limitation of the body. I thought they did better. I think their faces are more like fiery looking. Like, I don't uh-huh. know if these are the same imps or if these are something different. Yeah, no, it's definitely something different. Um, and the CGI is a lot better. Like, this, this whole last scene, uh, you can tell they blew about half the budget just on this one. So. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, that's how it goes. She goes through the photo uh, portal, and she ends up in the Nevada Research Facility. And did we say that she left some uh, some of those plasma grenades behind for the imps? To uh, yes, but those plasma grenades exploded. Yeah, so because you, know, you yeah. can't you can't jump anywhere without a, a fire explosion behind you. No, you that, cannot. That's, that's exactly works. what she does. But somehow, like, I, I'm, I'm surprised because only she makes it through the portal, not the fire explosion. Yeah, maybe you can only send organic matter through it. Maybe know. we're going by Terminator rules here. Anyway, so she flies on down into the facility in Nevada, and the lead scientist there, who is a character we saw um, earlier in the movie, he's just like, okay, chill, chillax, you're cool, everything's fine, um, you're, you're back on Earth. And she's just like, okay, cool, I'm on Earth. And then she says, I don't want, uh, and then he asked her, do you want anything to drink? And she's like, yeah, I'll take some vodka. And he's like, oh, we got some water. No, I want some fucking vodka. Um... But then she just starts screaming and saying, okay, you're going to need to go ahead and close that portal because otherwise demons are going to come on through and it's going to be bad for everybody. And the scientist says, oh, she's delirious. Uh, You know, give her some tranquilizer. And they give her a shot of tranquilizer. And then all of a sudden they hear the portal start to roar and scream. And that's where our movie ends. Wait, so I forgot. Does anything Dr. Bertruger is still sitting up on Phobos? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and in I, fact, I, that's what they say. They uh, The scientist goes, oh, yeah, the portal must be warming up again. That must be Dr. Petruger coming on through again. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay, I like that. That's like a, a, a sad uh-huh. uh, sad ending in a way. Yeah, it's a very much a downer of an ending. You know, that's how it goes. But that's how it works, and that is Doom Annihilation. So, Doom, Andrew... How did what did you think of Doom Annihilation? I really liked it. I honestly like. I thought I wasn't gonna like it. I thought it was gonna be really bad. I want to see a sequel. I thought it was a lot better than the uh, the Rock one. Honestly, aside from the lack of that really good CG, uh, that's good scene. Like, mm-hmm. I I was really impressed with this movie. I don't know why. Like, what was the last movie? No, we did Train to Busan. We did a good movie before this. I don't know. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Did I watch something bad before this? I think I did. I feel like I was talking to you about how we I... saw Predators before this. So yes, most definitely Predators. Yes, no Predator. The Predator. God damn it. No, like, no, like, like, the Bad Predator, the one with weaponized autism. Yeah, but I feel like, uh, I feel like I was texting you at one point and I was like, oh, that movie's really good. I'm like, but maybe I saw this other movie first. I feel like mm-hmm. I may have watched like a shitty movie of Lindsay on like some like Netflix movie probably before. Um, maybe. Possibly. I don't know. I, I, but I don't know. I really liked it. I thought it was awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was not a fan I felt, like, the the best way to explain it is, going back to what we were talking about before, you know, in the late 2000s, in the late 90s, early 2000s, there were all these video game movies that were being released, and they were just all like, okay, fine, because what works necessarily as a video game does not translate over to a medium such as cinema, um, just as well. 
And I felt this was very much by the numbers. There were a lot of, you know, tongue-in-cheek references. Hey, look, there's the chainsaw. Hey, look, there's John Carmack and William Blacksmith's name and stuff like that. I thought the action was monotonous. I felt it was just kind of the same over and over again, especially that garden scene where all everybody dies. Like, I couldn't track, keep, track, keep track of anything that was going on then. Um, didn't like the enemy designs. Didn't like the lighting or cinematography. I mean, at first it was entertaining, definitely in terms of the, you know, it, it definitely knew what it was. It definitely knew what type of movie it was and how basic it was and a low-budget sci-fi movie based on a video game. But I don't know. I just, I have no desire to see it again. Well, it's cool. You're wrong. You're wrong. It's all right. You're wrong. Okay. Like, I, I don't think I want to see it again. I just, like, didn't hate watching it. Uh-huh. I, think I, really I will say that I didn't hate watching it. It wasn't a, I mean, it was a bad movie, but it wasn't a bad movie. Like there are definitely worse things to watch. Well, yeah, like, like when I when I uh-huh. when I hear like, want to watch a Doom direct to video movie, uh-huh. I did not think it would be this good. Yeah, like I guess that. I don't know, but I do think you're giving it too much credit. I, I don't know, really man. Do. I feel like I I feel like it's it's like it's pretty sound. I don't know. I, I I think it's better than the Predator. I think it's better than it's definitely better than the Predator. I, I was a lot more enjoyable than watching Dreamcatcher again. Uh, yeah, fucking Dreamcatcher. Um, I'm trying to think of like other movies uh, we've done. Like that was painful, I dude. Just, Dreamcatcher watching that for like the third time was painful. I hated that. Ugh. Yeah, that made me really like that. That movie made me uncomfortable watching it again. I, I, yes, I couldn't do it. It was it was bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I just really liked it. I don't. I don't know why. Okay. Can I um, go ahead and read the trivia on the Doom Annihilation IMDb page? Go for it. Um, so, obviously, it's some 13-year-old boy who wrote this. Captain Hector Savage flat-out looks like Doom Guy. He also uses a double-barreled shotgun, just like the best gun in the game. There we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is actually kind of interesting. So, um, in the beginning scene, when they're all sitting around the table and they're having that alien's meal, um, one guy is on a VR headset, and he's playing Space Pirate Trainer. Which is an exact, <laughs> that's an actual game you can go out and buy too. So, that's awesome. Yep. Yep. Uh, Apparently, they're talking, they're talking about their talks to make a sequel. Oh boy. All right. I would watch the show. Right. Where do you think this plot can go from here? Well, I'm like, the only thing I'm reading is that it said that apparently somebody asked the, right, the director if he would, uh, if the Barons of Hell would make an appearance. And then he said, like, yeah, he, he was thinking about doing it in a sequel. Uh-huh. Which, which I like, the, again, like, part of the reason I, think I like this movie is I think because it was so restrained and they had such little budget, they didn't throw everything in our face immediately. They didn't go into, they didn't show us a Hell Knight yet. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it, it allows for escalation in future films. You know? It's like, like the first Resident Evil showed the liquor. It, sh- um, it showed Tyrant, I suppose. We didn't get that until the second one. No. But like, you know, it showed some of the big reveals that are, you know, like kind of like big monsters. So like, you know, it's like in, um, in the later Resident Evil movies, they ran out of things to show us. They were like, oh, well, we showed the Lost Blog last year. Like, well, that doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. In the so we're going to do, like, weird pterodactyl things. And it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, it got really fucking weird. Um, uh-huh. So yeah. I think I like the way that this is going. And I, and I think because Dr. Petruger is still up there, Petruger or whatever his name is still up there, like, we can, they can go places with it. Mm-hmm. According to IMDb trivia, Petruger is German for cheater <gasps> or scammer. What a cheater or scammer. What? Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, that is Doom Annihilation. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, 
I would suggest anybody should, like if you feel like watching a shitty horror movie, like check it out. I yeah. I feel like it's better than like a lot of like the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels and stuff. Like you know, it's not as hokey. Uh, I'm trying to think like I'm trying to think of a movie to equate it to, like either as equal or better than. Like I think it's better than the original Doom. I think that I think it's a poor man's Resident Evil, the first Resident Evil movie. So it's like Resident Evil. <laughs> I would say uh, I would say past Resident Evil two, I would much prefer this than any of the other films. Uh-huh. I think I think one and two, I'm okay watching. Though I think if I watched them again, I'd probably feel them a lot more similar to this movie. Um, but yeah. Yep. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. This has been Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. Once again, thank you so much to Teddy's Atlas. Uh, they did our theme song. It is called Horror Movie Story. You can get that off the album Children of the Corn. They currently only have 365 likes on Facebook. Let's try and pick that up a little bit because they're good, good Canadian boys, and we very much appreciate them. Anything else you want to add, Andrew? Uh, no. Do we know what we're doing next time? No, we have no idea what we're doing next time. Let's brainstorm. What do we got to think? Because this episode ran a little bit short. Yeah, it did. Uh, uh, how about the boy? The boy two's coming out soon. The boy. The boy. I can play through God of War again. Go the boy. The boy. All right, let's see this one. And this time I won't Oregon. lose my stuff. My notes. <laughs> yeah. I had so many good jokes in my notes too. I'm so pissed. I don't know who the fuck my yeah. notes are. Lauren Cohen was on there too. It's okay. I'm sad. Yep. Let's do that. All right, cool. Let's do the boy. I'm excited. All right, sounds good. All right, man. All right. Bye. Hello again. This is the Doom Guy here, here for... Doom Annihilation. This is the movie we're going to be talking about today on our podcast, Doom Annihilation. Once again, I said the name again. Let's start recording one more time. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what was that? Oh, God. All right. All right. So we're going to pop.